Shirt Show. All right, let's go. Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! All right, episode 25 of Shirt Show. We're talking with Alex from Easy Way in Minnesota. Let's go! What's up? Not much. How are you? How are you? Oh, living the dream, I guess. Yeah, same. <laughs> first, first question: Are you rocking that mustache for November, or just you just think it's cool? I, I have no <laughs> idea. I just a, felt like it. Okay, there's a good. mustache uh, club going on here right now too. Is there? I was going to join in, but get rid of the get rid of the scruff. I've only done it once before, and I look crazy. So, oh, so do I. I. I feel like I look like a '70s porn star. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking? Coffee. Got to finish the pot. That's about a pot every morning before lunch. A whole pot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, we are sponsored by Starbucks. I don't know if you heard that yet, but <laughs> I haven't. It's beautiful. <laughs> we got a new sponsor, and um, it's pretty cool. No big deal. Perfect. Yeah. Mm. So I heard you were at Andy's shop a little while ago. How shitty is it in real life? Dude, it's you've been Martin. here. You've been here. Don't, <laughs> don't go. Don't start with that. Not today, Dylan. Okay. <laughs> what were you saying, though? You said it was remarkable. It's pretty freaking clean, man. I have been in literally thousands of print shops, and that is unbelievably clean. Hey, thank you. It's because no actual printing gets done. It's just laundering money all day. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> oh, you see how this is going to go today? Yeah, yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> Um, but you did come down uh, a I couple did. weeks ago and helped us out. Like you're a hero for oh. sure. Nah. Um, we appreciate that. Well, did you guys get it figured out? Of course. Like in five minutes he did. Well, five minutes is an exaggeration, but I think we dialed in a couple of the issues that, you know, are causing him headaches throughout the entire process. Hmm. Well, well, so, so for, well, hold on for everybody who doesn't know what was the problem before and how did it get fixed? Well, I think he had a whole laundry list of stuff that was just little bits and pieces affecting stuff. So it started in the screen room with, he had an emulsion that's an, a really incredible emulsion, but it's got like a lot of surfactants in it, which is yeah, great so pause, for water-based printing. So pause, because yeah. you just, Dylan had, has no idea what word you just said. <laughs> and so, so can you please? <laughs> I got it. Can you explain to us what, surf, can you say it? Because I can't See? either. Yeah, Andy surfactant. doesn't even know what a word is. <laughs> I meant I didn't know what you just said. That's what I meant to say. Uh, I mean, it's they're all kinds of stuff. I mean, they're used for uh, basically it, it keeps things clean, essentially, right? It's like a detergent. So it'll it like when you uh, use some of our products to uh, degrease a screen, and then you run the water over it like that, and you see the water sheeting effect surfactants cause that on the screen. It's the same thing that you put them into emulsions so ink can glide across the top of the emulsion easier. Like a lot of the water-based emulsions will have pretty heavy loads of it so it doesn't stick to the surface of the emulsion when you're printing. So, which is great when you're printing t-shirts when you have yes. ink, like plastisol ink or water-based, I guess, in there. Yep. But it's really bad for CTS machines and tell us why. Well, it's bad for ink CTS machines. Exactly. Not wax. Yeah, not wax. Not wax. Not so. wax and not the new laser technology and stuff like that. So that it's was just, part of our problem. And can you explain why that, that might sure. be Sure. So 
when the screens dry, those rise to the surface and create almost like a, like a silicone feel to make it simple for everyone to understand, right? Just like a, it's really, really slick. And when the ink prints onto that, they don't always absorb correctly. So you'll get like a wicking process or you'll see like almost like a cracked dry desert. If you hold mm -hmm. the screen up to, to the lights in your uh, dark room and that obviously causes you to use a lower burn time because you get burned through, right? The light doesn't, the ink isn't blocking the light properly from the emulsion. So you use a lower burn time to keep the detail, which causes you obviously not to bake your cake thoroughly. So exactly. And this is, this is one of the problems we were having. So what we did is we adjusted our resolution on our eye image. Mm -hmm. And so that we were putting less ink down because the amount of, amount of ink we were putting down, it was doing just what you said. It was starting to spread a little bit. So we said, oh, okay, well here, we'll just fix that. We'll put less ink down because it still will block light. And yep. the problem with doing that is, is with less ink, we had to lower our burn time, our exposure time. So we lower our exposure time, which works and it'll still spray, you know, make a screen and we can still print some shirts. However, yep. in larger runs, let's just say runs over 500, you could have premature screen breakdown. Yep. And then also you're, you have this underexposed screen and I'll let you take it from here as to sure. how that will mess up your if you especially in i should say especially in auto reclaim what yeah. that does to you that, that's where it really a, shows through uh the big right, issues right. like if you're using a traditional dip tank or just like a spray on stencil remover you don't see it as much because your filter below your washout booth just catches any of the chunks and you call it a day you throw it out and you move on with your life but in auto reclaim that stuff gets recirculated right so you end up with all of this gunk and all of this crap inside your machine, which starts to cause a whole bunch of issues uh, going forward from there. But what, I mean, we saw a whole bunch of stuff. So uh, some underexposed emulsions with like hot solvents can start to break down. So like if you're using a screen opener on press and you have an underexposed screen, you'll actually lock that emulsion up like a rock and then it becomes almost impossible to reclaim. But that's uh, conversely when you go to the, uh, washout machine if you have the emulsion remover on it it doesn't have a fully cross-linked stencil so it breaks apart in these long stringy bits so like if you ever seen those long stringy bits come across in your washout booth you pick them out of the bottom and throw them in the trash can right on right. an automatic washout machine that goes inside of your chamber and andy had in chamber three mm -hmm. a disaster <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And also in chamber two. So chamber one for, for, uh, I know we've talked about auto reclaim probably on every episode, but this is a really good, this is, we're going to go maybe a little bit more into detail here about this and then talk about all kinds of other things. But the, the chamber one in the Ecotex is easy. It's set for us anyway, it's 701, it's half 701, half water takes the ink off and it does a fabulous job. Like, a really fabulous job. Chamber two is where all of, for us anyway, is where all the problems are and where you have to be extremely dialed in. And even if you are extremely dialed in, um, there could be problems upstream, like you said, in our screen room or somewhere else yep. with what emulsion we're using or everything that could be, that could show itself in that chamber too. And we ended up uh, temporarily putting a bandaid on some of our problems. Like we were having excess foam, as you know, yep. and I'm like, I actually took a video of it and it was, I was like, what the fuck is going on? It's and pouring out of the back of his machine onto <laughs> yeah. the floor in his shop, like a rave. 
I'm like, you sent me some bad chemical. Look at this. It's foaming up. It's your fault. <laughs> yeah, right. Easy way just wants to party. They just want those foam. <laughs> That's <parties>. it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't harsh um, his mellow. <laughs> well, you, well, I was. And it, we didn't like it. We weren't ready to party. We weren't in the mood to party down here. We were just trying to clean some screens. Yep. And so you sent me some defoamer. And, and it, I mean, it just worked like a charm. But that's a Band-Aid, right? It is. You shouldn't have to need, you shouldn't have to use it. I mean, if in some places, you know, you're not going to be able to fix all the issues immediately. Right. So you put stuff like that in until you can solve some of those problems. But in the long run, they're all band-aids. I mean, it is what it is. So that's something that like I've always struggled with, with all this stuff is like you go to say like MNR or any company and buy like a CTS or whatever. They never tell you like, with our machine and with our uh, like the inks of its K or whatever, whatever it is you're using, they're never like these work best with these manufacturers. So isn't that frustrating? Cause I'm totally it's on the same the page. Of you. And I think frustrating. It's the most frustrating. Here's my guess. So my guess is, is they can't pick an emulsion manufacturer and say, use this one because I don't know, maybe there's a lawsuit or who knows what. No, However, I, mean, they I, do. Did it, I did it for seven years, right? I mean, I sold those I images for seven years at MNR. Okay. So let's right. talk about that. Yeah. How did you get started in this industry? Uh, t- totally randomly. My, uh, my future father-in-law decided to go to an ISS show in Schaumburg, Illinois. And all of a sudden we were walking out with a DTG kiosk two printer. <laughs> <laughs> and wait, you, you just went along for the ride. You mean? Uh, yeah. And all of a sudden we had a business, no plan, no shop. Why would you no, go to one without a bar? It was oh. like just sitting in a bar and we're like, <laughs> Oh, I, I, I don't want to do criminal justice. I think we should uh, <laughs> open a t-shirt shop. And we did. And it that's was awesome. horrible. <laughs> no. uh, you were living in Schaumburg. That's a suburb of Chicago. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, uh, I was in the Wheaton Glen Ellen area, which is where MNR's original headquarters were. And the shop was opened in Glen Ellen. And, uh, I mean, we had, they told us there were hundreds and thousands of these units out there and we got our unit and it was serial number six (laughs) of this model in the U S I mean, you're talking, we bought the DTG printer was purchased in 2002. So I got into it really early. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it didn't work at all. Basically. I mean, every six to 12 months, we were getting a new white ink from the manufacturer at the time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was just chaos in the beginning. We made it work. I mean, it, it, it made money. Don't get me wrong, but we quickly realized that screen printing was the answer. You couldn't just make money doing DTG at the time we had to screen print. So we contracted it out at first and then eventually bought out a local shop and they had an old blue max two and a gauntlet RS in a maxi cure. And that's, that was it for a couple of years until I started working for MNR. Did you work for MNR because they were local? Yeah. Rich and uh, a guy named Andy Olson came into our shop and saw we, they were trying to develop their DTG at the time and they saw we had one and we were using one. So they just said, Hey, we're, we're literally a mile away from their headquarters. And I had no idea how big they were. I had no idea who they, I mean, I knew nothing. So I go there and I was just, you know, taken back by how big this place was. And he gave us a DTG printer in his, in his shop in the showroom to start printing our orders on to test his stuff and see how it, you know, stacked up against ours. Yeah. So how did you go from 
make that transition? What may, what were your, what was your thinking behind? I'm going to leave, you know, our, my screen printing shop and go work for MNR. Money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just, at the time the screen print shop wasn't making a ton of money and uh, you know, it's hard to work with family, man. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. It's, it's tough. I, I wouldn't recommend it for anyone. So, you know, uh, Andy and Rich offered me an opportunity. I was the fourth person in the digital department at MNR and uh the rest is history yeah i think that was the first time i saw you was at uh atlantic city trade show sure and then so you worked there for x amount of years what did you learn about the eye images because that's what you're working mostly on was I yeah the last so the dtg we kind of split the department off after four or five years and some of us went towards the cts side some of us kept on the dtg side when we had more people involved and uh we had the eye screen originally, which was that vertical one that was basically a Epson 9880 that we converted into a CTS machine. And then we had a smaller unit in between there that never quite took off. And then we started building that uh, eye image. I want to say somewhere, the one you know today, the ST. I want to say somewhere in 2007 or eight, something like that. What, uh, what did you guys have hurdles wise in the beginning? I mean, honestly, a lot of the same hurdles we have now. Originally, it was a lot of the Epson components, right? When we built those out of Epsons, they didn't want us to take their printers apart because they've sold those to get ink revenue. So we had, you know, battling, just like if you were going to use aftermarket chips in an Epson now, right? You battle the chip issues in those machines when you use aftermarket inks. We had a lot of that. Uh, but, you know, when you're, not, when you're not selling a ton of them in the beginning, the hurdles weren't as big. When we started right. selling... 125 a year, you know, 150 a year, uh, obstacles start to jump out, emulsion issues, incompatibility issues, uh, all kinds humidity. of stuff. humidity. I mean, just it's, it's unbelievable when you can control your environments a little bit better with just, you know, 50 to a hundred customers compared to when you start getting 700 <clears throat> right. to a thousand, it's, right. it's difficult. And some of those hurdles were humidity or ink and emulsion compatibility issues, et cetera. So do you think the problem is, is that they're just kind of focused on making a newer, better machine as much as they can and not necessarily the R&D on, you know, somebody sitting there with every emulsion manufacturer and being like, well, these ones work, these ones don't. We did. I mean, we had lists in Excel put together of different meshes with different emulsions and all that stuff put together. The whole thing when you were saying about recommending emulsions, that's difficult because not every distributor sells the same brands. So you don't ever want to recommend something that the, you know, the current MNR distributor is not selling, right? right? So you're saying like, let's say I buy my eye image from T and J. Sure. And then you tell me to go buy X emulsion and T and J doesn't carry it. Yeah. Then that's a conflict. That's a big conflict. Yeah. So we never really got into it because of that reason. I think the hard point, like just obviously we're not scientists. We're fucking screen printers. So like when we get the, we go from film, which is pretty easy, you know, you Mm -hmm. just print the film, it works, no problem. And you tape it on and you fucking expose it. You're like, okay, cool. And then you're like, all right, I need to buy this machine because I need to make screens faster. I need to be more efficient. You get it. And then you put it in a room and you're, you try to print on stuff and like, it's not sticking or it's spidering out or it's doing whatever you're saying. You're kind of like, uh, what the hell? And it can be one of, 500 things right and that's the problem is the first thing you're like all right like let's 
insulate this room better. Let's make it, you know, get the temperature where it needs to be. And then yep. you find out, oh no, it's a humidity issue. And then it's like, well, for me in the Northeast, it's like, all right, in the wintertime, it's really dry. So I need yeah. to crank up my humidity. <laughs> and then in the summertime, it's really humid. And then I need to like have a dehumidifier. Yep. So, like in our dark room, we have a really big like house, whole house humidifier in the wintertime we have to use. And then in the summer, we have a dehumidifier running constantly. Um, just to keep it at that level, you know what I mean? It, what I mean, it's if at you, right now, like 55 or something, I think. If you look at it in um, all aspects, so that's good for emulsion as a whole to keep the humidity even year round. Right. It's right. just, you see the effects when you try to print directly on it versus using film, you can get away mm -hmm. with a little bit more, Yeah. but the stencil still may not be as strong if you have low humidity in that room because you've dried it out so much. Isn't that, right. isn't that interesting how every piece of equipment we've added uh, every time we've automated something, it's forced us to get better. You know, uh, I yeah. think, I, I, I mean, maybe, maybe that's the way, I'm not the right way to put it, but it's just forced us to get, dial it in tighter. You know, like- It makes you, you have, control your variables more. Yeah. Like you could get away, you have a wider range of everything. Like we had a wider range of exposure. Um, we had, you know, before we got the starlight, we had a wider range on our, in our, when we're rinsing something out before we got the eco rinse and we had a wider range of everything before we got the auto reclaim. So it forces you every step of the way to control dial your variables yeah, and dial it Absolutely. in. Absolutely. And it takes, yeah. there's a learning curve to that. And each one kind of affects the other thing, you know, so it's this formula that's not really easy to solve. It's well, hard to do it without one of the pieces in the equation too, right? So if you have to, if your exposures are that short, you have to make sure your EOMs are exact on that mesh count every time. Which makes you want to get it like a Unicoat or something Which like that. makes you get a Unicoat. That's exactly it. Then, it just, then, you tumble into this like right. disaster of buying equipment. But that was yeah. honestly one of the smartest things like anybody could do is to get the, the pair of those, like a mm -hmm. Unicoat and an eye image. I feel like it's like, you should get those together. You shouldn't get the eye image if you're coding by hand still. I feel like you could. It's just you're going to have a lot more problems. More success if you, if you, if you have them uh, right. as a twin. So anyway, back to, back to when we got it, like we had, we had a certain emulsion we were using. I think it was Yulano Orange we were using in the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was from a local manufacturer that resold it and they called it Purple too. So they dyed it purple. Um so anyway, we were using that and then we were having, we found out that it was the humidity issue with that because again, it was like spidering out on all the issue on everything. It looked like it was basically like just bleeding out on all the edges in different spots. Yeah. So the problem there isn't like, you don't know what to think because like Andy said, there's a ton of variables. It could be the amount of ink you're laying down. It could be too much or too little, or it could be, you know, are you doing uh, where it prints when it goes both ways or if it's just going one way yep and then we we dot we you know trial and error all those things then you find out okay it's because of the humidity so then you fix the humidity and you're like well this is a pain in the ass i don't want to have to like go <laughs> up and down with this all the time and then there you know your rep comes in they're like oh you should try this emulsion and then you try another emulsion and then you're like all right well this has this problem Yep. So I think we tried literally like six emulsions before we got to one where it was wow. like, it worked no matter what, you know what I yep. mean? Like no matter what the humidity was, no matter what this was, it's just that what to me was the bit, the most frustrating thing. It's not like you're trying these things when nothing's going on and you have all the time in the world to try shit. <laughs> you're trying things when you've got like, Oh, we've got to do 35 jobs today and I don't have time to fuck around with this emulsion. And you're like, Oh, I have this job that has to go out today, but I can't burn this screen because it won't come out right that's where it's frustrating is just to like if they would have just been like oh use 
multi-text blue because you're in the Northeast and it'll work best for this. I would have been like, Oh hell yeah, let me buy that. But I get there's like politics involved, but still it's just kind of like, just fucking tell me what works, please. (laughs) I get it. (laughs) I get it. So there's no question. It, It can be frustrating that way. Yeah. That's on install. Um, I've always, I've always said that there, it really is like a three-part install for the iImage because so many things change when you yeah. when you install the iImage that it, it's really complicated and you need a special, you need somebody that's a pro in e, at each stage, really. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's one thing to be a pro install tech and get it all set up and and know how to make the machine work. And and then there's another person that really knows the graphics side and the digital side of it, like how to convert files and, and this kind of thing. And then there's another person that just knows a screen room, you know, knows about emulsion, knows about yep. rinsing it out, knows about exposures and I don't know. There, are, I'm sure there is a person that knows all three of those things. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But well, I mean, like, it's I just feel like, like good. I was going to say, I feel like the best thing that happened for us is we just contacted our local. Well, not really local, but the guy that was closest to us. I think it was uh, Kiwo or Ulano or whatever came yeah. here. You know what I mean? That was a game changer because they were like, "All right, let's test your EOM. Let's like see what your screens look like, all this other stuff. And then they test like the humidity and the heat and everything in the room. And they're like, all right, that's what Andy was saying. Like they know a dark room. They're like, okay, exactly. let's dial this in. So I feel like we were talking somewhat talking shit about it, but it's still like, for me, the eye image is amazing. Like I love it. I love the dark room it is a game changer for our shop. I wouldn't go any other way, but I feel like for people that want to get into it, the best thing to be doing is to buy the equipment have MNR set it up or whoever set it up and then call whoever you can. A hundred percent. I agree. A lot of the confusion 100%. came with the MNR. They thought, you know, customers thought the MNR text should be screen room text and not yeah, all of them are. Exactly. Not all yeah. of them are. And that's where some of the confusion came in. You got to get your emulsion experts and everybody else in there to help you out as well. Right. I like they know maybe- the equipment, but they don't know, you know, there's thousands of chemicals. There's thousands of you know exactly. different emulsions. It's like they're yeah. not going to know all that. Mm-hmm. So get somebody. It's the same in there with does. the textile techs. When they come set up your press, they're not going to know how to print your you know Street Fighter white or whatever you choose to print that day. Right. They just know how the machine's supposed to function. Mm-hmm. I guess then that's just a heads up and something I've learned along the way is to is just to be prepared. You know, I I thought that I kind of was relying on M and R, as most people do, because you know we paid. God, what was it? Was it like 35? I can't remember what it was, but it was several thousand dollars to install the iImage. You know, for somebody to come down here, we pay yeah. a few thousand bucks for that. And within, you would think the within those few thousand dollars, there's all of that training, you know, but, but usually there's not because it's a complicated, because when they arrive on the scene, every dark room is different. You know, you may be having, getting an iImage and you may not have an autocoder. You may not have a starlight. You may have a metal halite. You may have uh, halogen light. Who knows? You may have a hole in the wall where sunlight comes through. <laughs> <laughs> you may have a hole in the wall. You for know, many purposes. For, <laughs> that's I right. mean, there's, yeah, I mean, there's so many factors in screen rooms, man. I mean, I, I always tell people, I said, you know, even some pre-exposure can cause issues with all that stuff. You know, the easiest test, toss a quarter on the top screen in your screen rack, let it sit overnight with the lights on and let me know how that works out. You mean take What's the quarter it? off in the morning and see? And wash your screen out. See if it develops the quarter. <laughs> That's true. That's a good one. It's a good tip. What would you recommend for like darkroom lights? 
Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I still, uh, LEDs are great, but I still put the yellow tubes over it. That's what we have. We have yep. LED, I think T8s or whatever yep. they are. And then we just have the sleeves that go over it. We That's haven't we had got any issues. Sleeves off of Amazon. Yep. And they work great. That's, That's the sure. best you can do. Yep, I agree. Well, there's a lot of people out there that just go to Home Depot and buy the like yellow light bulb, the bug light Man, bulb. There's just no lumens that come out of that. It's so tough to see in a dark room when you do that. Mm-hmm. That was one thing we learned. I think the first like five years we had like some shitty lights in there and it was actually dark in the dark room. <laughs> exactly. But you know what I mean? We didn't know any yeah. better. You know what I mean? We were like, yeah, this is what it has to be. We don't want to hurt our screens. Yeah. And I think what changed it for me was I went and visited M&R and I went into the, the room where they have all the eye images and stuff. Yep. And Rich was like, I was like, this isn't affecting these screens. He's like, no, these are all like the right lights and stuff. I was like, Holy shit. And then like, as soon as I got back, I like literally like added in a bunch of like full lights in there and now it's super bright in there. For sure. And it was a huge So difference. you're working for M&R yeah. and you become a pro at, at the digital side with this eye image and then somehow you end up at Easy Way. I did. I yeah. guess that's the first, this next move, right? From M&R yeah, to it was. I just yep. took a yes. Okay. It was. I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, the last five years or so I got it more into the sales side for the eye image and the technical side. And I just got to meet a lot of great people all over the world and travel quite a bit for it. And you know, it was a stunning experience. Uh, but you know, stuff changes everywhere you work. And, uh, I had an opportunity to do some international sales for easy way when I first came over there. And that's what I started doing is setting up their international network more. And, uh, in the last two years here, I've just taken over the role of director of sales at the company. So you say international, meaning you went mm-hmm. everywhere. Everywhere. How is it um, different in other countries than than here? Like, what's the chem- oh, as far man. as chemical reclaim? Or I don't know. <laughs> here here goes forty five minutes. Yeah, it's just like uh, I mean, the emulsions they use are quite a bit different still. Uh, I mean, if you go to any Western style shop anywhere in the world, you're going to run the same stuff, right? I mean, if you're printing the way you print there's nothing going to be different anywhere. But if you go to a lot of the large shops that are doing like line tables and old school water base, which a lot of them call rubber, which is, a, it's not what you think of water base here. A lot of people think of HSAs or they'll think of like a discharge. Uh, these guys run water base where you got to run nine whites to get a white to build on a garment or on a, on a cut piece. Mm-hmm. And that's another difference is a lot of it's cut pieces on line tables. I mean, there's just, and they'll harden the screens cause they run five to 25,000 pieces, you know, regularly. So are they doing that because ways. that's all that's available or no, it's just, just because a, it's what they know and what they, it's what they use? know. And some of it's the least expensive technology to get the job done with. Was a line table, is that manual printing or auto? It's, it's manual printing. That's the one yeah. where you pick it up and move it to the next one. That's mm-hmm. it, man. Yeah, you pick it up and move it to the next one and they throw, and that's mostly done with cut pieces, right? You can't load a t-shirt on it because there's a registration fork in the front and the back on the screen. So normally you have two points in the back of the screen with a solid point in the front of the screen. And a lot of them are welded on to the screens. And then you'll have like a screw that adjusts the backside in and out, kind of like a simple three-point registration system. Does the same guy or girl pick up that screen and move it as printed or is a person, is there somebody oh, yeah. moving it and then somebody printing it or is nope. it just the same? I've always same seen it guy. just like a dude printing it and then he picks the screen up with the squeegee and it moves it to the next one, prints it, it, picks it up. Is somebody following him with a different color? Uh, yeah, absolutely. But usually they flash between every color. So some of those are done with still like heat guns. Some of them are done with, uh, 
flashes that roll on rollers. I mean, they're, it, they do it all kinds. So of for all you people that want to bitch about your <laughs> shitty manual in your garage, shut up. Could be worse. <laughs> Could be worse. I mean, if you ever see an efficient line table working, you can't get more shirts done any other way. It's unbelievable. These, but you have nine people doing it, right? You don't have two. Right. But they, like I they, said, if it, if it works for them, it's not necessarily wrong. It's just different for us. You know, it I mean? is it's different for us. And they do. And then they almost always print before they sell. Almost always 95% of the time in Asia, they print before they sell. So you went there repping easy way to yeah. talk about uh, just, I guess what chem- chemical reclaim and things like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, first it was with MNR and the I images to sell some of the larger shops. And that's how you get introduced to all the distributors and some of the larger shops that are doing, you know, long run work for, all the big box stores or the big labels in the States and in Europe. Right. And then when I took this job, it was to introduce them. A lot of them don't reclaim, they cut mesh. Right. And that takes up a huge amount of money and cost of the mesh and a huge amount of floor space and restretching. So it was a ground up education uh, on the reclamation process for a lot of places. And they have the same kind of screens over there too, same mesh and yep. stuff or are they? Well, I mean, it's, different companies, but right. it's, uh, yeah. the, the mesh is no different. It's a polyester threaded mesh. Yeah. Why don't they reclaim? What was their logic? It was just faster. You could just cost and time. And yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they use, they don't use the highest quality mesh like you do here, right? Because after 5,000 pieces, they'll harden the emulsion onto it where it's almost unreclaimable. And then they'll cut the mesh out, which will, you know, their mesh may only be $2 a screen. And then, so they throw it in the trash, grind off the glue in the mesh and restretch it. Makes sense. Hmm. So did you kind of get in with EasyWay a little bit because of all the trade shows, how MNR basically uses EasyWay in the machines? Yeah, I just met them over the years, I guess. You know, it's, the industry is not yeah. that big. Everyone thinks on the manufacturer's level and, and everything that it's quite large, but it's a really tight-knit network, even globally, uh, this industry. Yeah. So you just end up meeting a lot of people and that's the way it works. At the so, after parties, I guess. Yeah, after parties, you know, <laughs> bars, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I guess at M&R, we, we kind of aren't really, I mean, Andy, are both M&R shops, but we're not yeah. really biased against like other equipment or other shops or whatever. Do you feel like when you were at M&R, there was advantages or disadvantages with different, you know, equivalents to that? Always. Yeah, there always is. Right. I mean, that's, uh, you know, you can't be the best at everything. It just, right. it's never going to happen. Uh, I mean, there was, uh, there was a time in the beginning of the CTSs that the wax was it, man. That was the, every major player in the early two thousands in this country had wax CTS machines. Mm-hmm. And then the speed of the ink, you know, caught up and kind of outpaced that. And that's where all the I images had all their success. Do you think that's kind of like where, where it's at now? Because I know that's kind of the deciding factor with a lot of shops I talk to is they're just like, uh, I don't know if I should go wax or if I should go, you know, they don't know if they should go with like doubt hit or they should go with, you know, the M and R one, but what are the benefits, I guess, between the two the wax is just, well, the wax is pretty consistent as far as the dot that it throws, uh, on every emulsion, right? Because mm-hmm. it does, it just throws a wet wax and then it dries fairly quickly when it hits it. Um, the downfall always was the cost per screen's a little bit higher, the head replacement's a little bit higher, and the mm-hmm. speed was slower. And so a lot of people went with the wet wax because the cost per screen was basically half, and the head replacement was half, and you got 
depending on how many heads you added, a lot more speed out of it. Right. They went with what? Because it was half? They went with the iImage? iImage. Because the, the oh. I mean, iImages or any of the other ink machines, we, you know, right. we weren't obviously the only ones out there selling ink machines. Uh, there was Acties and all kinds of other stuff, but the cost of the ink was about half of what a wet wax uh, screen system was. How do you feel about the new laser ones? They're cool. I, I think that technology is still coming. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's perfect yet, but uh, it's been around for, I don't know. I saw the first one in Brazil, which was made by a Chinese company about six years ago. And that was really, really new. Uh, it wasn't quite ready yet. And I think it's over the next couple of years here, you're going to see a lot of people jump into that bandwagon. I saw one at, I think it was Long Beach maybe. Yeah. It was a couple of years ago and I was talking to the guy about it because I was super interested in just like the technology of it and like what it did or whatever. And I think, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I asked him about it. I was like, how much is this unit? And it was, it was a lot of money for the unit sure. or whatever. And then I asked him, I was like, well, I run like three different size frames. And he's like, well, this machine only runs 20 through 30 ones. Like hmm. you couldn't put in like a different size frame. So that to me was just kind of like, oh, well, I guess they're not there yet. Or I don't know what it was. It was yeah, like a know. size in the machine or something. They were just couldn't do different sizes. Yeah, it had to be the format that they chose. I mean, the laser, like some of the DLP and laser technologies have existed in the graphics industry for the better part of 15 years already. I mean, the, the Scientronics and the CSTs uh, that are imaging the 15 foot screens for the processors and stuff like that that's been around for quite some time, but the technology was so slow that it couldn't be adapted to a textile. Right. It just seems like the way to go in the future for sure. Cause you're kind of skipping. I agree. A few steps. And yeah, I think that guy was just trying to kind of, it's kind of a nice way of saying to you that you're doing it. Fuck wrong. off. Yeah, <laughs> like what is three different size screens? Okay. Yeah. I'm not talking to this guy anymore yeah. because he, he kept scratching. He kept scratching his nose like this. That's right. <laughs> Control your variables, bro. <laughs> yeah um so easy way doesn't just make reclaim chemicals they make ink washes uh squeegee our press cleaners and things like that yep. when you were here uh you asked me what we were using in our squeegee cleaner yep. and i told you 701 and you told me that's probably not the best to put yes. in there and so why what's the reasoning behind that just the certain solvents right the solvents that are in 701 are will swell your squeegee rubber if it's left on there. If you take it to a sink and wash it off right away, you're never going to have an issue because it eliminates that on the surface. But for someone who would wash it with 701 and just set it down, and that goes for a lot of the screen washes in the industry. So any of your stain removing uh, products from any of the big companies will swell your squeegee rubber like that. The press washes generally don't have that property. So the one that I recommended to you, uh, won't swell your squeegee rubber the same way that which is what would you recommend what was it called the 842 842 yeah and so like a lot of shops though they're like look i'm just gonna buy a drum or i'm gonna buy a five or whatever they are they just want to stock one thing you know because it's just a complicated to stock multiple chemicals and so you can get away with just stocking 701 we used to have 701 i think it was like 820 as our press wash and so we would have both but then it was like a hassle oh did you forget to order 820 or whatever and so look 701 works fucking use that okay it does not knowing (laughs) that it actually could be damaging or not i guess damaging squeegee right it will yeah long run yep and so um what's the difference between 820 and 842 uh the the technology years i mean the 842 is the newer version of the 820 it's uh got the sense a little bit different the uh, uh way it dissolves the ink is a little bit different and the main solvent in it 
uh, in the 842 destroys the the color a little bit more. The pigment, it helps eliminate it a little bit faster than the 820 does. So why why confuse us? Why not just make a new 820? 821, there you go. Here, I got a new thing. It's <laughs> yeah. called 821. But now we have 820 or 842, and I don't know what to do. Well, I mean, if you really want to get into the chemical side of it, there's reasons why we label it what it is based on the isopars that the chemicals are made with, but we're not going to do that. <laughs> because people, because you're not, so you're not phasing out 820. No. Even though no. 842 is new, 820 still exists. Yep. Because there's people that want it and buy it. And if you did phase it out, they'd be upset. It happens all the time. And, <laughs> and to be honest, I think we have some of the, we have a smaller catalog than a lot of the companies out there. I mean, there's companies that'll have, literally dozens of screen washes and we try to limit it. I mean, because if you just take it and make quality products and show people how to use it properly, you can control people's cost per screen. Right. Well, full disclosure here. Uh, I, I failed to mention this earlier is that we are an easy way. Um, we use easy way. We've used easy way before the Ecotax. Actually, we used easy way from, from the moment we opened the day, day one, because we are, you know, you know, we know what we're doing. Dylan, he <laughs> he doesn't use Easy Way, and so here he's learning some stuff. And I don't know what he's thinking over there. Like, uh, this is bullshit. I'm gonna, you know, I can here, put him on the I'll spot give you, right now. I'll <laughs> give you, a, I'll give you a story. And I don't. It was before you worked there. I don't want to talk shit about Easy Way, uh, but I went to Atlantic City. I don't even know how many years ago it was now, like six or more years ago or something, and. Same thing. You walk all the booths, wherever you go, talk to the guy easy way, and he's like, "Come on over," and he like washes the screen, shows you a little thing, and they were like, "Oh, we want to send you like a five to try out or whatever." And I was like, "All right, cool." So, filled out paperwork, whatever, sent me a five to try out. Got back, uh, finished up whatever dip tank chemical we had at the time. We, I only know it by twenty nine hundred. I don't know who makes it. I just order it from my guy, and like, I need another five of twenty nine hundred. Anyway, uh, we finished it up and then we had the easy way. So we, we did what we were supposed to do. We dumped it in the dip tank. We you know did the water and whatever else. And we dipped like 40 something screens and it locked up all 40 screens. Interesting. So we were, so we were like, fuck In, this. Right? Interesting. Dumped it. Interesting. <laughs> dumped it and then went back to 2900. So, and we've been using 2900 ever since. But... That has I, to be a private I, label from somebody. I know I, I did know something that. wrong. I don't know what it was, but again, it was one of those things where you're you're a printer, you're busy, you got shit you don't to have do. Time. You don't have yeah. time to fuck around with it. You're like, I'm gonna go back to what I know. Even though it's probably not the best, it works. It gets me through to the next day, sure. whatever. So I had not gone back to try 2900 or yeah, easy way because yeah. of that thing that happened but like i said it was probably because of the emulsion we were using because it was like a private label thing even that i mean it's uh every emulsion remover chemical uh they're generally the one of two main components because there's they're the two uh most cost effective and most active materials that you have out there to break the chemical bonds and emulsion so that's not the biggest issue the reason we succeed in the dip tank so well is the surfactants and detergents we use in our products to help break down the ink because a lot of them don't break down ink as well as the stuff that we use mm -hmm. but that's what i mean i've always heard good things like especially yeah. from all the m and r guys they're like yeah you should be using easy way you should you know when you buy this machine you need to use easy way in it and sure. i'm like I'm, i know it works i just i need somebody like you like I was telling Andy before we started this, he probably only stopped by your shop because he blew a tire out front. He didn't want to go there. <laughs> um, but 
you know, if you're ever through upstate New York and you want to stop in and show me what I'm doing wrong, I would be all about it. Absolutely. Hey, better yet, um, Alex, charge me uh, for five, uh, for a five, char- bill me, put on my credit card. I gave, I talked to Tina, I think two, it was. Two yeah. fives. Don't two send five. Five. No, no. <laughs> Not spending that 12 much. Twelve months worth. Just uh. send them a drum. <laughs> but uh, but you could use uh, I, if you're talking about like Supra. If you're yeah. talking about your dip tank, then it's Supra. I don't know what one it was that he sent us. I just knew I've never used Easy Way, and they sent me sure. an Easy Way Five. I don't know what it was. Well, we'll get you hooked up with stuff, and uh, we'll we'll send you a video and instruction sheet how to use it before uh, all this <laughs> COVID disaster shit over. in. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I don't know what I did wrong. Like I said, I think we just followed the instructions, but it, it was probably just something with the emulsion or what we were doing or sure. Again, it's another one of those things like does easy way work with every emulsion or does it have issues yeah. with certain ones or nope. there's a, uh, that's that. that so you just be... agreed that I'm a moron. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you did, I'm not going to say you're a moron. <laughs> something went wrong. Right. Right. But, uh, it, there's, there's nothing that in any of the chemicals that wouldn't work with any emulsion out there. Okay. Well, I don't know. I don't know what I did. And so that's for, not just for us. I mean, that's every chemical company. I can't, you know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to say we're, you know, you know, gift from the gods, but I know we do make the best stuff out there. <laughs> pretty much, you pretty much are. You pretty much yeah. are. Don't, don't be humble. <laughs> nectar. Um, the nectar. But, <laughs> uh, so do you have people, cause in our dip tank, we are using super. Do you have people use like the 55, the concentrate that we use now? Can yeah. you get away with doing that? Just using concentrate or is super just I wouldn't try better? to clean ink with it. Uh, okay. You can use it just to strip emulsion, but I would oh, not right, try right, to clean right. ink with it. I forgot yeah. about that part of it, that yeah. super also is uh, ink degradant. Yep. Yeah, see, yeah. Our, our, our dip tank chemical does both. We do the one that does emulsion and ink. Does yep. it degrease also? No, we have a separate degreaser we use yeah. at the end. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, it's a, I always use a, a phrase from the metal finishing side. I heard once that clean is clean. So once you don't notice any imperfections in the mesh and the water sheets down with a flood rinse after you've cleaned it, that's when it's clean. Don't, so many don't people add don't. additional steps to, I mean, you're just creating headache and we adding that, more stuff in. We learned that a long time ago is that if you're in your washout booth, let's say you're reclaiming screens with a, a dip tank and a power washer. Mm-hmm. We learned long ago that a power washer isn't enough. You know, as you're power washing off your final degrease, let's say, or, or whatever your step is, your final step, it's more than just a power washer. You actually take the hose and you let it rain, like yep. literally. Absolutely. Waterfall. <laughs> That's it, it, man. Make it make rain. It rain. <laughs> make it rain. Easy way. You heard it first. Easy way makes it rain. That's it. <laughs> you should go with that slogan. Seriously. <laughs> there you go. I was, uh, we're coming out with some new chemicals and I'm playing with names for it because, you know, we're based in the land of Prince, right? So I was going to make a chemical that was just a symbol. It wasn't going to have a name. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Like you it. should do that. Um, so, uh, you know, for auto shop, we've kind of talked about um, our solution anyway. What's the best reclaim solution for a manual shop? What would you recommend? I, I, I still faithfully believe you can't get better than a dip tank with Supra and 701 to finish it up. It's just the, it is the least expensive way to process a screen start to That's finish. It's like the one-two punch for you. It's like- the one-two punch. We got the, the Supra, you know, scrape your screen, dip it in there. And, you know, people always <clears throat> forget that dip tanks are dip tanks. They're not soak tanks. They're not, 
you know, put it in there and go to lunch and come back and then take the screen. That's what out. we did. That's pretty yeah. much how we kind of did it. You, you, you process, I mean, you want to see tanks go bad quickly and get a bad rap. That's mm. the way to do it. Right. Yeah. Uh, we just came out with a new tank, uh, to kind of prevent this. It Dude, I saw all, that the one yeah. with the, the lip. Yep. Exactly. What, do you mean? Awesome. what does that do? It's got a tray where you can pick the screen up and set it. So it drains back in. Exactly. You save more chemical and you, uh, your processing time is controlled a lot better. I always, I like to teach the one in and the one out method. So what, how long it takes you to process a screen in the booth should be how long you have your chemical ratio set in your tank to process your emulsion and ink. Mm -hmm. I like that. What do you think? What do you think the average time for a dip is with that chemical? About two minutes, two minutes. Yep. That's what it should I be. Think, because that's, I think we're doing, I mean, you could make it 30 seconds. But that's just, you're never going to be, it'll fall off in the tank and you're never going to be able to process right. a screen. And by the way, well, when you were here, I learned how to make it 30 seconds or maybe even faster. And it's all about the heat or, or yeah. the temperature of that, of that's that dip true. tank. So, cause I saw somebody, I mentioned you, I saw somebody post something. I can't remember what it was in a group somewhere. Yep. And they said they bought that, um, that heater, that metal heater for, what was it for? Yep. For like maybe a cattle it's usually like, cattle troughs. Yeah. That's what they use the them for in the trough. winter to keep water open for the cattle to, to drink. Exactly. And so you put yeah. that in your dip tank and raise the temperature to 90 degrees or something. Yep. Somewhere in there. Just and make then, sure it's stainless steel. You can't put steel heaters into those tanks. It'll eat it up and kill the chemical. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. I've never heard of this before. So yeah. there's a heater you can buy to put in a dip tank. You can do band heaters to wrap around your tank. Like it's a blanket heater. I've seen can, those. Yep. You can do that. Or they make stainless steel heaters. That's basically, it's just a protective stainless tube with holes in it and a rod that'll go down the middle that'll heat the, heat the water inside. So heating the water is just like, kind of like how you'd want to use hot water to clean dishes or something? Or just Yeah. I mean, there's three main things that'll affect chemistry. It's time, heat, and agitation. That makes so much fucking sense because, <laughs> well, I'm just saying like for me here, like for the longest time, like the, obviously in the winter, the shop gets cold or the concrete floor gets cold. So like it might be harder to clean screens in the wintertime just because 100%. the water's so cold. The, do the simplest thing of putting your tank on two cinder blocks. That's it. Just get it off your floor. And I guarantee you, you'll see it work Change. much faster. Yep. We, uh, so when Cameron installed the Ecotext, he, there was a load, there's a startup recipe and the startup recipe is uh, you just put the chase in, no screens. And so you feed that through and he said to send two of them through. And in that chamber two, which is the reclaim, uh, it stays in there for 300 seconds. So I guess that's five minutes. So five minutes, five minutes. And he, and he told us to do that. I'm like, uh, he, and I was like, okay, cool. We'll do it. We'll do it. And then he left and I did it like the first time, did it the second time. And the third time I was in a hurry. And I'm like, I'm just going to skip this. I need to just, I need screens. I need them now. And I sent them through and didn't work. Because <laughs> that startup recipe for the Ecotext anyway, um, does what you just said. It 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 mixes up the chemical, agitates it, and then it um, and then it heats it up too. Yep. You know, and so uh, makes all the difference. Absolutely. So what else you got for me for fucking wizard tricks to make this better? <laughs> <laughs> well, what other issues you got related to screens? Uh, I don't know. Like I all said, of them. All of them. <laughs> um, well, my thing is, is we're still using a dip tank. Uh, sure. This year we were thinking about getting uh, like an Ecotex or something like that. It just didn't yeah. happen. I ended up spending all my money on a G3 and a split belt. So next year, I think in the spring, we're going to get, some kind of auto reclaim. Sure. Um, but 
we've kind of had this great debate on this podcast about what one to get and what to look out for and all that other stuff. What do you have as far as expertise, non-biased on what to get, what not to get, what to look out for, brushes, no brushes? Are you asking me, Dylan? Are you asking me? No, I'm not asking you because you're biased as fuck. (laughs) There is a (laughs) lot of reclaim units out there, isn't there? I mean, it can get confusing just like, I mean, looking at presses. Uh, I generally would like to stay away from brushes. They don't do much for me. Uh, It does cause some agitation, which is great. But generally, if you have any of the problems that lots of screen printers have, which, you know, starts from underexposure, et cetera, that emulsion not only gets wrapped around like it did in uh, Andy's machine, it wraps around those brushes and turns them into like hunks of cake that are now spinning on your screen. Right. So not only is it in your machine, but it's just pushing it onto every screen. Everything. Exactly. Right. Uh, So I'd stay away from brushes. You know, uh, the Lotuses are great machines. We support a lot of Lotuses. We help, you know, a lot of printers on Facebook, Brett and Justin. And we're in some of the larger companies that, you know, you can't mention because it's Voldemort here, like Alpha Broder. Right. They run (laughs) Lotuses and, you know, it's uh, they they're a great, great machine but they only process a certain amount of screens per day, right? So if you're doing 150 screens a day, it's probably not the unit for you. If you're doing 50 to 100, it's a great unit to look at. Dylan, you're in like the five to 10 screens a day range or so. Yeah, so like two or three should, wooden two or three. screens. Yeah, so you should, yeah maybe, that, maybe that'd work for you. Yeah, I yeah. fashion them out of two by fours and I staple my, <laughs> staple my mesh on. Um, and then put them in a G3. Right, <laughs> great registration. I have, I have a question. Sure. Um, you are in, you, like you said, I was, my question was hundreds of shops, but you said thousands. So you're in thousands of shops. Likely. I mean, it's hard to measure, right? Yeah. So let's, let's call it thousands. Cause that sounds, that sounds like a lot. Way cooler. <laughs> <laughs> you're in thousands of shops and are, you've been in thousands of shops yeah. and you're still regularly, even though this is going on, you, you still manage to make it to shops. Yep. Um, what's the number one thing you see that shops are doing right and the number one thing you see that shops are doing wrong and it could be i guess it could be you know with how it relates to easy way but also just just something because you're in so many shops like what's yep. what are some what's like a, a thing you see doing right so you, you see that they're doing wrong uh generally speaking the easiest thing to point out uh i see nine times out of ten the issues are underexposure it causes issues everywhere that it, it just happens in yep. every shop. You're in a yep. rush <laughs> and you do it. It's mm. just, is there a good exposure happens. calculator that you recommend? Oh, any of the ones that the emulsion manufacturer stuff. I mean, the, the, the Stouffer strips always great to have on, you know, just as a periodic check, you know, once a day or once every other day or once a week even. Uh, but seasonally or quarterly, whatever you want to do, I'd go through and get, uh, you know, like a full chroma line or Kiwa one where they give you the full filter that goes over, the same design and do that. But are you doing, are you doing it seasonally because it matters with like temperature, humidity and stuff changes the. Absolutely. Yep. My question was better. I was going to say, and Dylan, Dylan interrupted. I was going to say, but aren't a lot of shops doing underexposing deliberately, you know, because that's the cheat because you don't want to overexpose because then you don't get your dots. Correct. So you err on the side of under. Yep. So that you can get your detail. Or, and or how many whatever. shops do you know that need thousands of garments to run? It's most, not a ton, right? Most yeah, don't. The average in don't. the States will be somewhere between four dozen and a gross, right? You're going to run 140, 
50, something like that. And so you don't need your emulsion to work well for you all the time. But generally speaking, that is the number one issue in every screenshot. Underexposure. That's what we were guilty or one of the things we're guilty of and still guilty of and probably will be remain guilty until we um, until we can get the right emulsion that um, that's actually there's one being developed and we're going to have a guy from Chromaline on uh, to talk about for specifically for LED because it turns out that um, a lot of equipment manufacturers, they built this um, exposure unit yeah. and they didn't consult the emulsion company <laughs> as to that where technology you, outpaced the emulsions quickly. It did. It did because there's great things about our exposure unit and it's, it works, you know, we're exposed screens every day with it Yep, and we love it. And it's one of the best in the industry, I, I would say, but there's also some drawbacks with led. And so, um, um, where's I going with this? I had a point. I never remember what it was. You never have a good point. No, <laughs> it's probably true. It's probably I mean, true. some of the good things I see in shops now. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I've seen a lot of people implement like shop management software lately, and man, that has helped dramatically in the organizations, the shops. Yeah, Dylan, did you hear that? I'm perfectly organized. <laughs> show us your show us your list real quick. Where's that sticky note? Do you have one by you? Uh, uh, not in here on my fucking blue recycling bin. Aha, uh-huh, uh-huh. so if you were <laughs> up to date in tech, you could look at your phone and you've got yeah. an app for that. That's or not fair. That's <laughs> not fair. Yeah, you well, know where I'm at right now. <laughs> it's, it's the truth hurts. The truth mm-hmm. hurts. Okay. Um, uh, so what, what, uh, what next, Dylan? You have a question? <laughs> well, I got, I got more. What's what's new and coming up from Easyway? Is there something people should be looking out for? Or? Yeah, we have a lot of new products coming out for 21. So I would look out for those in the beginning of the year. I'm not going to talk about them too much. The one, the one, one that's yeah. a symbol Give with no one. name? The symbol, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a water-reducible screen wash that's going to make uh, shipping both internationally and domestic uh, a lot easier. That's good. Water-reducible. Do you guys, do you guys have issues with a, a lot of chemicals? Where you can't ship it? Uh, anything with water in it uh, is generally not going to be freestyle stable. So we have what we call uh, no freeze Fridays. So we can't ship on Fridays like uh, right. emulsion removers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have that problem a lot with emulsion. Uh, I have to order it in bulk when it's warm out because my, you know, they won't send it if it's cold. I've also had it too for my... Uh, the place I order a lot of stuff from is in Rochester. So they're, they're like three hours from me. So it's like oh, next cool. day. Um, but I've had it where I like ran out of emulsion and they're like, I'll send it to you, but just know it might freeze. And then when I get it and open the box, it's got, uh, they put like, like six hand warmers in there. <laughs> they cracked them open and threw them in the box for me so that That's the box awesome. would stay warm overnight. That's I fucking mean, service, dude. We got all kinds of stuff. We got wraps that we can put around barrels and all kinds of stuff, but if, if it's, I mean, we're in Minnesota, just like you're in, you know, yeah. upstate New York. If, if it freezes, it freezes and you're not going to stop that at a, yeah. you know, open winded trucking center over the weekend. Yeah. For real. When it's negative 10 outside. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know in my mind, easy way is kind of like, you know, just dip tank chemical and mm-hmm. reclaim chemical. What else do you guys have? For, I, I guess just do a quick easy way sales pitch on like what you guys offer and what you have and all that stuff. Well, uh, we've always prided ourselves on focusing on, you know, one area and get really good at that. So we focus on press washes and reclaim. We've never dipped in to emulsions or inks or anything like that because we want to be the best at what we do. 
So that's why we stay in the reclaim and press wash area. Yeah. I love that answer. We're kind of the same way. Like we've had opportunity to go and do, and do other things, you know, like um, we have lots of opportunity, for example, at our front counter to sell promo products, let's say. Uh-huh. But um, that's just, I, I've always thought up until maybe COVID, I've always thought that that isn't a distraction. We want to be like, we want to be, um, we don't want to be a jack of all trades. You know what sure. I mean? We want to be a really great screen printer. And, um, and I was like, and I guess we do embroidery too, because we have, we're also really good at that. And it yeah. just pairs so well with screen printing. But as far as like selling mugs and water balls and things like, things like that, um, every once in a while, because somebody's in a jam and they need it and we have, an, we have access to it, we'll do it. But um, it's not something we ever sell at our counter. Yeah. You know? And so I appreciate that and I respect that and I like that a yeah. lot. So I think we, you know, over the years, we've earned a lot mm-hmm. of respect from other people in the industry because of it too. It's just, you know. Where are you your guys' uh, who carries easy way? Like, is it pretty easy to get all over the U.S.? Or Yeah. Yeah, we're with uh, all three big distributors and a lot of the regional distributors as well. So I could probably get it from, what, NASDAQ would be the closest? You could probably me, get it from your guy in Rochester too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, if he's he just great he service... Just, you know, then well, just we just, they, don't all, they don't all carry everything. No, they don't. Uh, there's a lot of distributors in the uh, Northeast. That's kind of where we started. Our first sales guy was hired in the Northeast. Out of, he lives in Gloucester, but he flies out of Boston. And uh, he's still with us now. He's uh, 72. That's awesome. So uh, what are you doing for Thanksgiving next week? Just hanging out with the family, man. It's Nothing my favorite crazy. holiday. I'm fucking stoked. My favorite holiday it. too. Can't beat it. Yeah. Can't beat the food. Can't beat the f- beat mm-hmm. the four day break. Exactly. The time of year, everything that goes into it. You know. What is this? So, what is? Wait. What did you say? What's this four day break thing? Four day break here at Shirkong, Dylan. Yeah, we just we we close for four Back days. Back to work on Friday. Oh man, no sir. We're taking, we're taking a four day break too. Everyone needs it this year, man. Yeah, That's right. I got too much shit to do. Well, you kind of, uh, you, you're cl- very close to the Inksoft question. So Alex, we're sponsored by Inksoft and they, we have a question today. And the question is next week is Thanksgiving. Yes. And uh, what are you thankful for? Oh man. That sick mustache. Uh, come on. <laughs> you gotta love it, right? <laughs> uh, Do you man, think Easy Way would take it off? Uh, I won't try. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna try. <laughs> I don't recommend putting it on skin. <laughs> all right go to your real you go to your real answer now man this year I, I honestly i'm thankful for my family it has been they've stuck with me this year because it's been a it's been a rough year both emotionally uh and through work with family with the kids being home this year it's it's my family for sure yeah did covid hinder you a lot because you obviously make your money when traveling and selling products and stuff and uh yeah. I mean, it's, I think it hit everyone about the same. We're doing yeah. really, really well right now, but there was a couple of months where I think none of us really knew what was going on. And some people didn't have slowdowns, but as an industry in a whole, when I talk to other manufacturers, we're all kind of in the same boat. Yeah, no, definitely. Dylan, what are you thankful for? No, I'm thankful that this year has been really good for us. I mean, I know we talk about work all the time, but for me, it's, it's super important to me, obviously, because I'm the owner and it's my baby and it's my thing, but to be in the position to not have to shut down or fire anybody or, you know, anything like that. I'm definitely thankful that 
I mean, I know it sucks. I can't take a four day vacation like you guys, but I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that I have enough work to be like, shit, we need to work on Saturday. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to push you just a little bit further on this and give me something, you know, something, something real, something personal, something that kind of hits, you know, uh, what, I'm what thankful you- that I get to talk to my buddy Andy once a week, at least. <laughs> that's what I wanted to hear. That's what I, I know. That's what you were pushing for. I just gave it to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm personally I'm thankful for our new sponsorship, uh, Starbucks. They came through <laughs> for us, and uh, it means we need a, a lot. Disclaimer because- at the bottom that says they're not actually giving us anything, <laughs> but we're going to push for it until they do. I'm making pure leaf jealous. See, that's how it works. You know, that's when it. you're not getting attention from the girl that you want the attention from, just show up with another girl. And is say, Joanne? Hey. Is Joanne still sitting next to you? <laughs> <laughs> she's throwing stuff at me now um, uh-oh <laughs> uh, got a got a duck gotta learn to duck on that one but um no i am thankful for that for that family thing too for sure because um you know when uh i i talked about that at the beginning that you know the, yeah this is where i work and we have good days here we have bad days here and then when it got real back in March and I, and I didn't know if we're going to lose everything, you know, still had the family. And so, um, that's really important thing. It's really important. And also, of course, I'm thankful for, to be able to talk to Dylan, you know, sure. (laughs) It's nice. It's nice. Give you all the good knowledge. Yeah. Um, right. You have any questions for us? Yeah. I want to know when I can come up to upstate. Dude, whenever you want. See, he's eager to come here. <laughs> I am. Well, he's been here. He's seen the best now. Now he knows where. I actually, I visited Andy's shop for the first time probably like, I don't know, five or seven years ago with uh, the old M&R rep. And it was, I mean, it was a fraction of the size it is now. He's expanded twice, I think, since then. But Taking over that whole building. Yeah. We tried to sell him an eye image way back then and he uh, said no. Because <laughs> he's a dick. Dude, we, it was so, we were running. So it started with, is it the 14? What's that Epson small, you know, single sheet fed thing, 1400 or whatever it was. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So we started with that and then we got two and then we got three. We were running three Epson, four, whatever they are, 14 single sheet. I think ours is a 4,800. Ours was, at the time one, anyway, yeah. ours was just, you could, you would take a, I think it was like 12 by 18, whatever it was, piece of, um, film and yeah. stick it in the Epson. And we were running three of those mm. uh, just because it, it was slow, right? I mean, it wasn't, it's not very fast. And it also, I don't know if you've ever ran one of those, but it every once in a while has tracking issues. And so they never, you have registration issues. Finally said, okay, we're going to pop for the bigger machine. And we did. And, and it roll. was like a roll. Yeah. yeah. And, and, it, and it cut and which was like the first time we ran roll. that and it ran and it off the roll and it cut actually where you wanted to, you didn't waste a whole sheet. You know, it was like so cool. I love that thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. We, we had the same thing. It was, we went from sheets to that and it was, I remember Brian's super stingy and always says the thing, like, I'm just trying to save you money. That's like his number one quote. Uh, but like, it was so nice when you could gang a bunch of stuff up on the roll and then you just had like right. this huge roll come out. Absolutely. It's pretty awesome. Um, and, and then we, and we had the storage nightmare, like with film, how it compares to CTS, we had the storage nightmare. So we would have, um, we tried it alphabetically is how we did it at first. Cause we're like, Oh, we're going to store these films and we'll grab them out when we, you know, when we need them. Mm-hmm. And so we'd have an alphabetical and then we'd have this one that we called, Jerome was called one hit. It's called one hit wonders. 
And mm-hmm. that was like, we're not going to bother putting it in alphabetically because it's unlikely they're ever going to call and get, you know, another shirt uh, like this. Maybe it was for an event or whatever it is. And so we'd put it in the one hit wonder uh, pile. That's that how sure. That's how sure Andy is that nobody wants to come back to his <laughs> exactly. <fucking> shop. <laughs> they all they all went to that pile, right? <laughs> well, this one came out like shit. They ain't coming back. <laughs> no reorder here. <laughs> but we kept them. We kept doing that and kept storing our film until one day we stored this uh, for this customer. We stored. We had this film and they reordered and they reordered like a thousand piece order or whatever it was. It was a large order, and we pulled the film from it printed the shirts and they changed this logo. There was a small note in their email and their, in their reorder. It wasn't a reorder. And so it shouldn't have been called a reorder, but they placed another order and, a, and the I in this logo for this company went from a lowercase I to a capital I. We printed all our shirts wrong and we said, okay, we're never storing film again. Fuck that. They're done. And we, per- we threw everything away and we just, <laughs> and we said, okay, here's what we have to do. We have to output new film every time. So we don't pull the wrong film. Yeah. And so we started doing that. And, um, and plus just, we had somebody, there was so much film, where do you store it? And also if you don't store it right and accurately going to find it, literally we spend 45 minutes That's like it, digging man. through, what was the moisture? What? Yeah. Getting moisture on those old films looks like snowflakes all over the place. They yep. go, they go bad fast. Or if you have the waterproof and they start to stick together. That's what yep. we had was waterproof film. Yeah. And, uh, we didn't have any issues in this new shop, but when we were back in the garage days, I remember it was just so shitty in there and moisture. Like you'd go to pick up a film and it would be like super unusable. It just yep. looked like it snow all over it. And so here you go, you, you, you know, you save it and archive it and wait for that day. You're going to save money and use it again. And then you go pull it and then it's no good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or how much time is about that looking too. for it? Yeah. How much yeah. Fine time does it take? We had a, uh, we had a really good system going as far as how to organize it. But again, yeah, it took up a ton of space, a yeah. uh, ton of time just cataloging it. But the problem that we had in the end was we're really trying to be as conscious as possible, like on the environment and stuff. We try to recycle mm-hmm. as much as possible. And in the end, it was really difficult to find out how to dispose of these films correctly. And I had posted something on Instagram or Facebook a long time ago when we got rid of all our films. And uh, we ended up finding out that we could do a stack, like whatever it was, like an inch or two thick. And then we could put like a certain recyclable with a number on it. And then if we put it out by the curb, they would actually dispose of it however it was supposed to be. But a lot of shops were like, oh, we just reuse them to like block out the other image on the other side of the screen or we do this and that. But my thing is like, yeah, you can do that. But what do you do with it? It, Then it goes and definitely goes in the trash. It's definitely not recyclable then. Sure. Um, so that's the hard part about film too, is it's just like, it's all going on a landfill. Yep. So that's right. a sell for CTS. If somebody can sell for CTS. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, you're going to, you're going to be more green yeah. if you use it and save a lot of money and your ROI is great. And you can have a tri-sync and all of these things. It's like, I've always said, and I'm going to say it every episode. If it's your next piece of equipment, mm-hmm. period. Next yeah. piece of equipment. What should I buy? You don't even have to think about it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Next piece of definitely. I mean, I know we were kind of picking at it because that's what we need to do is we need to talk about the good and bad of all these products. But like I said, realistically, it, it definitely was one of the better things that we have gotten. And um, it, it's a no brainer at this point. You should, if you can get one and you have the space and you have the funds, like you should try to get one. And especially because like even I was on press helping out the past couple of days or whatever. And, you know, no registration marks anymore. 
they're only taping off like that one little piece of like the invoice number and what color it is. And then we go from there. Cause I think we were doing a discharge job and he was like, Oh shit, I forgot to tape off. And he was like, Oh yeah, we don't have registration marks anymore. (laughs) I mean, I, I really believe it's the single piece of equipment that has changed the screen print, you know, the, the analog screen print, you know, operation the most in the last 10 years. Cause that's when it's really been adapted. They've been around for a while, but these last 10 years, that is the single most influential piece of equipment in any screen print operation. And for us, the, the S, the I image S mm-hmm. was the, was the difference maker because of its affordability. I mean, right. yeah. you know, you, it was nearly half the price. I get it that it's a single head, but I like the single head personally better because of, um, you know, you don't have to calibrate, you know, you've got the single head, that is going to get you really nice detail. And also that it, it matches our speed, our pace. You know, we didn't mm-hmm. need multiple heads. There was overkill. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't need well, I've even so seen really big shops have multiple IMHSs. Right. Just That's what, like that would be our up. next move, right? Yep. That's a smart move because I know a whole bunch of them that run too. <clears throat> I mean, it's a backup, right? I mean, yeah. backup you never really went down, with one yeah. film printer, did you? Or you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, we didn't. We didn't. We always had that. We always kept one of those, whatever it was, fourteen hundred. I got screwed. I got screwed on that. I bought like I can't remember how much I spent on it. Like a couple grand at least, two three grand on like a really nice film printer uh, as a backup because I was like, any day now this one's gonna go. Like we had issues here and there. I was like, this one's gonna die. It's gonna die. I think I had that brand new one in the box for like four years, and then we finally went to CTS, and I I had no use for that printer in the box. <laughs> And I ended up selling it for like next to nothing. And it was just like, God damn it. It was total super waste of money. But you but never if knew. If you, you didn't have it. Right. It would have Guaranteed broken. that printer would have failed. It would have, it would have caught on fire. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Definitely All nice right. to have. All right, Alex, we have some quick takes. So um, here we go. You want to take a deep breath and get ready. <laughs> All right. <shoot. laughs> Dylan, you too. Um, um, um. <laughs> All right. First question. Best recent meal? Oh shit! It can be home. Uh, it, it no, have to be it out. has to be. Uh, my wife and I's ten year anniversary up in Traverse City. We went to this Italian restaurant that was just stunning. What'd you have? I had a gnocchi. Nice. Yeah. Andy, Go. best meal. Oh, these are questions for me too. Yeah, all of us, real quick. Come on, let's do it. Um, best recent meal. Would have to be the meal I shared with you, Dylan, back. Dude, uh, that was going to be my answer. Oh, really? No joke. I wasn't being polite. Well, I mean, I was being polite, but I wasn't trying to just be polite when I was there. That was literally one of the best fucking meals I've ever had in my entire life. What'd you have? It was uh, beef tenderloin and uh, like roasted potatoes, but they were like mm-hmm. cooked in garlic and butter. It was just like the meat was like straight up like the most tender like meat candy i've ever had nice <laughs> so and the butter kind of ran into it, right, it was from just, the potatoes so and then like the ambiance of being there and looking across at joanne and not andy it's <laughs> <laughs> <was> fantastic <laughs> yeah she is it. better looking than me but uh yeah that place actually is uh was voted number one in st louis in 2019 and at, when when drake was here he he actually ate there all three nights, like Dang. the whole time, every, every the entire time he was here. So, um, and I tell you what, where Drake eats is uh, good enough for me. So, <laughs> uh, you're you got the question now, Dylan. Oh, okay, I'll get to the next one. My phone is at one percent, so we'll see how this goes. Beautiful. 
Uh, last book you read? Oh, probably High Five. It's a management book. Was it good? It was okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got so you always get tidbits of stuff out of it. I I don't know. I, I read uh, management books. I don't know why. I just it's what I do now. So I just. Right. No, you never know everything. So it's always, you know, a little nugget here and there. It's the same thing I was talking to Andy about with, uh, ThreadX, you know, the overall experience was pretty good, but there's always a couple little, uh, little nuggets nuggets of information from those things that are just, they're dimes, man. Yeah. If you take away just one thing that uh, that changes how you do things when you get back home, then the whole trip's worth it, isn't it? Absolutely. It's like, it's like this, like no joke. I was thinking about this the other day and I don't want to like, I'm not trying to like pump up the podcast or anything, but like just having people on like you or any other guest, like yeah. there's always a takeaway from everyone where I'm like, Oh fuck, I need to implement that. Or I need to think about more about that. And I was like, I'm getting so much like smarter and more knowledge about the industry just from doing this podcast alone that I wouldn't have gotten if I was just like, researching shit on my own what's your like number the, one like, takeaway from this pod from today's podcast fucking going? heating the dip tank or fucking <laughs> yeah. putting it up on blocks or just like stupid shit like that it's like that might give us less headaches for six months out of the year yep you know what i mean yeah. like that alone is worth talking to you and that mustache for <laughs> i love it <laughs> the, right, the next obsession question. with it is just fantastic <laughs> i can't get over it well he's gonna uh, do that you know, I, I, feel the like, next... I feel like the pretty girl in high school you are. Yeah. So good. Dylan, Next time you, I see you, I want it to be even thicker. I want it to be Western, like curled on the end. Just, just do one yeah, of them. Huge. Right. Well, <laughs> your next, uh, the next podcast is Sunday and you need to be sporting the mustache, Dylan. I have a mustache. It's just connected to the rest of my facial hair. <laughs> uh, next question. <laughs> what you, what will you be doing on black Friday? Nothing. I'm going to sit at home. Hang Dude, out my, my answer too. Thank you. Yeah. I really did not want you to say shopping. No, <laughs> man. I haven't, um, I had to work a black Friday in retail in high school and that's just miserable, man. That sh- one, it shouldn't exist. <laughs> one time we did, Joanne and I did a black Friday and we, cause yeah. we had to get some video game or thing or whatever it was yeah. for our kiddo. And otherwise it was going to be gone. And so we went and did it. And they were like, what? Let's never, let's not do this. The thing is, is most of the time now, all these Black Friday deals are online. Like you could just order it and it shows up at your door. Like, why would you go out and have crazy chaos with all these people or wait in line for like four hours for a video game? Because maybe some people are people persons. Maybe some people, they get along with citizens. Maybe that's, maybe that's something. Like what's going to happen? Hold on. What's going to happen now with Corona? Are they going to, are all these crazy people that go out every year going to not go? Well, I think a lot of the big box stores have canceled it. Have they really? Yeah. So like Walmart's doing all these ones online. I don't know if they canceled black Friday, but I know they're doing a bunch of deals online stuff like that. (laughs) And I'm sure they all, everyone else is too. I'm glad. Uh, Next question, Dylan. Uh, I'm going to skip that one because I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> do you decorate for Christmas? Absolutely. Do you go crazy? Are you one of those guys that a like fucking bit. goes I'll crazy? Send you, I'll send you. A, I'll send you a picture of the house. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> do you decorate for Christmas, Dylan? Not at all. I don't. Does I don't wife? at all. Yeah, she goes fucking nuts. We have like, we have like a Christmas tree in almost every room of the house. <laughs> Oh man. I never understood that. Like, me either. That's a yeah. lot of storage space. I don't, man. I don't Dude, get that. That to me is the worst fucking part. Cause I have like a three story <laughs> old, old house yeah. and I, 
want nothing to do with decorating. I want nothing to do with taking them down, but I have to be the guy that carries the 950 totes to the attic. For sure. (laughs) It's the worst. It's It's like, I want no part in this. Nope. And the worst part isn't the totes. It's carrying down the Christmas trees. They're always in a massive box that you can't tape (laughs) up anymore. What a Scrooge, man. I just don't care. Like I don't, I know that sounds terrible, but I just don't. It does. To me, to me, it's like, to me, it's like when I'm at work, it's like I think of ways to make things more efficient. And then I look at like Christmas stuff and I'm like, you have to set it all up for like a month and then you have to Wrong. take it there's, all back see, there's, down. That, that's your mistake. Yeah, we're not all Andy. So, we don't leave it up mistake. until fucking October of the following you are, year. Are you basically... <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, a September we, person, aren't you? Uh, yes. It's not set up yet, but we basically don't just take it you down. You just took like, the old one down. We did. We did. We shouldn't have. We should have just waited, waited it out a couple more. <laughs> we should have waited. <laughs> well, it's so like, uh, gets you in the, well, particularly this year, because it happened, we still had it up when, when all this happened and it just made us feel good when we got home, you know, it was like, oh, you that's know, two that's and a half months after you Christmas, You almost man. just said it gets you in the mood. <laughs> and you stopped yourself. And hey, we're not the, ol- we're not the only ones. Is Christmas. <laughs> uh. We're not the only ones. All right. Next question. Favorite food on Thanksgiving day. Green bean casserole. Ew. Shut this that off. Is, that is pretty good. Dude. <laughs> I, there's he one. didn't say Brussels sprouts. He's okay. Hey, I love Brussels sprouts, bro. Do you love I'm Brussels sprouts? Okay. So hold on. Brussels sprouts, just plain fucking Brussels sprouts or Brussels sprouts with covered in sauce and cheese and stuff like that both <laughs> i i legit i heard your podcast the other day talking about brussels sprouts and how horrible they were i'll legit microwave a bag of brussels sprouts and just eat it with a fork no way nobody's yeah. ever done that for sure dude <laughs> um so what would you say oh green bean casserole okay yeah, i'm down with that it. does that have bacon yeah. in it it's yeah and some mushrooms and all kinds of good stuff sure that's good stuff all right, Dylan, yours. I need the whole. I need the whole package. Like, I just love having a plate with a ton of turkey, mashed potatoes, and gravy rolls and stuffing, and just taking gravy and like cover the entire plate and eat it as a whole. Yeah. So you're the person just that mix it all together with that fork. Right, exactly. It's all going <laughs> the same place. You're not the guy that eats the stuffing first and then the green beans. Like goes no. from course goes from thing to thing, side to side. You all eat it all. Once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you might as well just mix it all up. Exactly. <laughs> I can't do that. I'm absolutely very compartmentalized. Do you really? So you eat one at a time? Hell yes. <laughs> I, I knew my friend, one of my best friends in high school, we would go to Burger King or wherever we'd go and he would get the, the burger and the fries and he, he'd eat all the fries and then eat the burger. And I'm like, what, who does, why would you do that? Nobody does Bro, that. What's wrong with this you? Guy right here. <laughs> You got to have a burger and then you put a fry in burger no, and fry. No, in fact, I've definitely, I like, I've definitely gotten a burger and putting, put my fries on my burger and then eating a <laughs> burger with the fries. Yeah. I, I mean, I open a bag of Skittles. I separate it all by color and I eat it by color. Okay. You're a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. No, it's great. The best part is we can't see the bodies on the floor right now. No, you that. can't. Uh, um, next question, Dylan. Oh, my phone's going to die. Uh, do you tend to prefer the book or the movie version of something like That's Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings or, or Fifty the Shades one? of Grey for Andy? <laughs> Man, I'm going to have to say movie. I have to. Yeah, me too. Yeah. 100%. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. Um, this is cool. We had this question here before you said it earlier, but digital or analog? You actually used the word analog earlier and I was like, whoa. Yeah. This is fate. 
Oh, I still, I mean, I love analog stuff, man. I, I get a hundred acres on the West side of Michigan and I just love going out with like an ax and chopping some firewood up and just, it's like a decompression thing for me. My man. My man. Yeah. See, I'm the um, same way. Andy gives me shit about like yard work and mowing the lawn oh, and just stop. being outside. Like that's my favorite thing. For sure. Yeah. I, COVID made me go and buy a tractor. <laughs> yeah. Is I actually, I, we got everybody, you know, everybody got their government money in the beginning. Like yeah. every family gets their whatever. Yeah. And, uh, I bought a new lawnmower with mine. Nice. <laughs> I'll show you, I'll show you the tractor I bought. It's a, okay. it's a monster. I thought you got a snowblower too. Big Kubota. I bought a new snowblower last month. Yeah. Nice. Well, you, have you, used have, it? you guys get ridiculously yeah. hammered with snow. Yeah, exactly. No snow here. 72. Andy pays somebody to mow his lawn. Oh man. Yeah, I think when so when Dylan said that I give him shit about how he mows his lawn, it's actually it's it's backwards. Just like most <laughs> things, he gives me shit about not mowing my lawn. And so as I should like, just like throwing headphones, listen to a podcast or some music sure. and just go have at it. Um well yeah, you could do that. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> no answer. Yeah, he's like, Oh uh, yeah, I guess so. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. I suppose that's nice. Um, uh, next question. Oh, no, I asked it. So you got, it, oh, yeah. no, I actually have another one. I wrote one, uh, right. one more, one extra one. So, um, it's not about, oh, yeah, feet, uh, is it? no, this is, no, this is, this is a good one. So motorboat <laughs> or sailboat. Ooh, motorboat. <laughs> gotta do, gotta be a motorboat. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No. So you just <laughs> said, hold on. Cause I know what you're referring to, but I think you just contradicted yourself. Cause you said analog. I know. And now you're going with motor motorboat and I know, I, but I, I, you fish on motorboats, man. You don't, you don't just go sailing out into the lake and <laughs> anchor your sailboat and go fishing. You That's can paddle weird. out. Hold on. You can paddle out on a canoe and go. I, just, I, got, I got canoes and kayaks. I'm all about it. But I stopped halfway through that question and just thought about big tits. I wasn't yep. thinking about boats at <laughs> <That's>, all. hundred uh, <laughs> percent. <laughs> All right. Well, probably shouldn't. Good way to end the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Um, Well, I appreciate three professionals sitting around. (laughs) I really do appreciate. uh, First of all, uh, I I texted you when you left and said that I miss you and that you're welcome here anytime. In fact, I forgot to mention that while he was here, he probably ran a hundred screens through that eco text. Well, because we were so busy, I was on press. I'm like, you sure? Like, I'll help you. And you said, no, we got this. And because you wanted to document, you were like taking pictures of the screens as they came through. You're taking notes, like legit scientists here working no. the problem out, like working. He's, he's problem solving. He had on a lab and, coat. <laughs> yeah. I should have. Should have. <laughs> but I was like, really, really, I'll hang. And we hung out and we did, you know, we had conversations yeah. and things like that. But you know how it is. And so we're, it was a busy day. And you said, no, I've got this. And you cleaned probably, I don't know how many it was, but it's damn near a hundred. Yeah. And we needed them. We coded them like that night. And so nice. I appreciate that. And thanks for Absolutely. helping uh, try and uh, get us, uh, you know, thanks for making us a better shop. We still are not there because like you said, we have to get um, a different emulsion in here and we're waiting on that one that's coming out here in a couple of weeks. But uh, I, appreciate, I appreciate that you finally made Andy a better shop. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> yeah, we we're finally broke through that level, mm-hmm. leveled up a little bit. And, uh, but it's hard, you know, like you said, it's hard when you have so many things going on and yeah, if you took, if you said, okay, stop everything, no phone calls, lock the doors, let's figure this out. Don't print a single shirt until we do. 
then you can kind of, then you can figure it out, but who can do That's that? That's not reality you know? for so many people. You need, you need manufacturing really rep and distributor reps to help you do that stuff. You do. And I think, I think honestly, that's my biggest takeaway from this podcast though, too, is just like, like I said, like, I didn't know, I knew easy way just from the industry. I knew what it did with the chemicals and stuff, but after talking to you about it and getting your take on it and, you know, a little bit behind the scenes stuff, I'm definitely more apt to try it out now. So hit me up after this and we'll figure something out. Absolutely. Well, Alex, I love you. And Dylan, I love you too. And so um, thanks for thanks for spending time with us today. Absolutely, and, man. Um, and take it easy. Go and... finish your pot of coffee. I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. We'll see you later. All right, guys. Peace. Later. See you, man.